Rumour, scrutiny, suggestion. Right, on, on the huddle with me this evening, we have Jack Tame, host of Q&A and Saturday mornings on News Talk ZB and David Farrer, pollster and also with Kiwi Blog. Hello, you two. Hello. Um, Jack, do you feel like re-Israel, we are at a tipping point here where global tolerance is just running out rapidly? Uh, I think we probably passed that point um, a couple of weeks ago if the if international opinion is what we are judging these things by. But yeah, the, the vote in the UN has probably just confirmed that position. It's interesting though, I, I, I'm, I'm not convinced necessarily that this will um, impact Israel's plans all that much. I've got lots of friends and family connections in Israel and clearly um, the focus within Israel, at least domestically, is quite different compared to the focus in other parts of the world at the moment. So whether or not this actually has any impact, I I think that all comes down to what America says. And at the moment, um, even though the US has changed its tone a little bit and is putting a bit more pressure on Benjamin Netanyahu than it was in the earlier stages of uh, the October 7th response, um, for the time being, the US is sticking by Israel, you, and I think Jack, that's what matters to the most. Do you not consider that that Biden's comments overnight were reasonably significant in terms of showing a massive change in, in tone? Yeah, yeah, no, I do, I do, but it's but it's money, right? Like money talks when it comes to the US-Israel relationship, yeah. and until I, and until I actually see um, any significant change on that front from the US, uh, I, I don't think Israel will be too concerned. It's a shot across the bows for sure, and 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 I think. Um, you know, the, the Israeli leadership would be naive not to not to heed some of you know some of those concerns or warnings, if you like, at least from a geopolitical perspective. But uh, I mean, the mere fact that the US blocked it when the vote was held in the Security Council the other day over a ceasefire would suggest to me that actually Israel still does enjoy the support of the United States. And until that materially changes, so not just changes in terms of Joe Biden's language, but ch- changes in terms of resources and funding well, we probably aren't going to see an end to anything too soon. What do you reckon, David? I don't put that much weight on the UN vote because the UN spends most of its time condemning Israel. It's totally lopsided with the amount of attention by that. And there is a degree of hypocrisy. Now, this isn't to say there isn't a public opinion shift against Israel, but there's a single-member country of the UN who, if they had terrorists come in, kill 1,300 people, rape women, kill children, execute civilians, would sit there and say, oh, we won't really respond. Every single country would be doing a response. There is a legitimate debate about the limits of that response. It's not a license to destroy Gaza entirely, but there is an aim which is to remove Hamas from power. So I know as you regard the UN vote as being particularly significant. As Jack has said, it's the US position. They're the ones with mm. the most influence there. But Biden, if you look at opinion polls in the US, there is much more support for the Israeli side than the Palestinian side. Quite different to other countries. Yeah. Uh, but in the US, there is very strong support that they see Israel, rightfully in my view, as the wrong party in terms of what happened on October 7th. Mm. Um, and that will decline over time as there's more focus also rightfully on Palestinian casualties. But I don't think they're there yet. OK, guys, we'll take a break. Come back in just a tick. Right, you're back with the huddle. We have David Farrer and Jack Tame with us. David. Air New Zealand having Wi-Fi on board the domestic flights. Are you on board with this or not? 
Yeah, look, I think that's great. I'm someone who often will want to work on my laptop on the plane and it's actually, you know, can work offline. But, you know, I'd rather not waste an hour um, on, on a flight being unproductive. So I think that's all good. But I would like them to be a bit more honest with their scheduling. You see, an Auckland Wellington flight used to <laughs> take an hour. And then it became 65 minutes. And now they say it takes 70 minutes. And it doesn't. It still takes around 45, 50 minutes. But because they have to report that they've met so many percent of flights on time, rather than get better at being on time, they yes. just keep saying this is a longer flight when, when it's not. So what they're doing is good. But I think they should go back to saying Auckland Wellington's a 60-minute flight and be upfront with what percentage of the time they actually meet that. Jack? Uh, well, I, I, you can tell David's the data guy, right? I, I'd never, I, I feel like, um, I'm, I mean, I'm in the fortunate position of doing that trip fairly regularly. So I feel like an Auckland Wellington trip is kind of ingrained on my soul in terms of timing. But when it comes to, um, when it comes to Wi-Fi, I'm absolutely pro Wi-Fi on flights. That's great. It helps us to be more productive, those of us who like to work on flights. I, I just would have, add one caveat. Can we please, if we are introducing Wi-Fi on flights, have a blanket ban on talking on your phone on flight. Do you reckon, Jack, do you reckon that, people will do that? I, I, I just think it will be so annoying. I, absolutely people will do it. They'll have WhatsApp calls. They'll have, they'll have FaceTime messenger calls. They'll use messaging apps to have Who phone are calls. these people? Give me the demographic but who are going to do have this. Have you never flown on a plane before, Heather? People don't care about others. People don't care about basic decorum. No, but Jack, yes, which demographic yes, do you th- which Jack, which demographic is it? Is it like your boomer auntie who wants to FaceTime you all the time, or is it like the the tourist who doesn't realise that it's just culturally not okay? Who is it? I I, I don't know which which demographic it is necessarily. All I, 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 well, yeah, all of them exactly. Which is why we need a blanket ban. Let's say yes, you can work on your laptop. You can access Wi-Fi. Maybe in the future, you'll even be able to stream shows and watch them quietly. But please, God, please don't let people talk on their phones. David, is, do you reckon this is going to happen? No, because I've been on quite a few flights where they have Wi-Fi and I've never seen someone doing a phone call. And actually, sometimes on our fabulous Auckland-Wellington flights, we do have Wi-Fi because sometimes they use an A321, which normally goes to Aussie. So you actually can do Wi-Fi during that flight. And, you know, but it, people do it depends on the streaming capacity. It depends on the streaming capacity, though. So at the moment, my understanding is they don't have the streaming capacity for us to be able to do it. But the new system using Starlink will have higher speeds, which means that theoretically people can stream videos and theoretically they could have phone calls as well. Yeah. Well, I think the best response is not a bad, but if anyone's been a dick on flight, is you just record it on TikTok. And <laughs> you become that guy. You become that guy. Hey, um, David, so the Grocery Commissioner has um, come out today doing the, you know, whatever his job is, and he's, he's called on the supermarkets to please be nice this Christmas and give us some discounts. I mean, come on. That's not really what we're expecting from the Grocery Commissioner, is it? No, and it shows up how futile parts of that position may be. Yeah, let, let's give them a chance to actually make a difference. But if, if it's just saying, please be nice for Christmas, yeah. that's suggesting they don't actually have much in the way of ability to change things. And that's partly because the supermarket business is incredibly complex. You have 
two, three thousand suppliers, you have a million customers, you have you know hundreds of stores, and it's a lot more difficult than working out our petrol stations charging too much money because they've got one product and there's you know yeah. So that is why they're probably resorting to plaintiff calls to be nice because it's going to be very hard to make a case that supermarkets are being anti-competitive because it is so complex. That's true. Jack, I haven't got very long, but give me your thoughts quickly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a tough position for anyone to be in, and I commend the commissioner for trying to do something, but I don't think that uh, any of the big supermarket companies are going to be shaking in their boots at that shot across (laughs) their bowers leading into the silly season. Yeah, too right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Jack Tame, uh, David Farrar, a huddle this evening. Actually, speaking of petrol prices, I have got a little story for you that will that will tell you exactly what needs to happen to bring down petrol prices. For more from Heather Duplessis Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from four PM weekdays, or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.